0: On this episode of In The Rap Podcast. For example, like you're a doctor said, man, this is the worst knee I've ever seen. I can't tell you how many fucking times I've heard that. Or the worst hip I've ever seen. I'm like, man, weird, because the last person I just saw from that same doctor said, the same thing about the last person I just saw. Did you see him before or after? I'm not really sure. But we hear this all the time. And and I get it. Like, I'm sure it's some sort of. What you What you got? To in the rack podcast, where we provide you with a practical framework for breaking PRs in all facets of health and wellness. We are just a couple of bros giving you the simple house in a world of complex wants. No filters, no scripts, no rules, just straight talk. Talk to him. now. Let's get into the rack with your hosts, Dr. Chad and Dr. Nick. All right, welcome to episode five of In The Rack podcast. I am your host, Chad, and I am getting reckless today in the rack with the one and only foot guru, Nick. Uh, Today, we're gonna get a little reckless today in the rack. Actually, in fact we're actually going to call this series of episodes Reckless in the Rack. Go figure. This is something that a few of our patients actually brought up to us and we thought it was actually a great idea, so we were just going to run with it. And basically what Reckless in the Rack means is it's like story time for us. Actually last episode we talked about this a little bit and said that we were going to have a little story time. I'm talking about, you know, some stories that our patients and clients tell us and, you know, some of them are pretty outrageous, some of them are pretty, you know, pretty good, but we, we want to kind of elaborate on some of these stories, you know, and, and this is good because the best part is one of these stories actually might be your story. So this might be actually a good listen for you. So see if you can connect with some of these stories um, and seeing if maybe this might kind of uh, jive with you a little bit.
1: And just to uh,
0: clarify as
1: well, in talking about other reckless situations, we're not necessarily trying to signal anyone out or... You know, say that we're better than anyone and place us on a pedestal. That's not what we're saying. We are trying to give examples of what we feel is either patients being misguided or misled, or just you know the the provider didn't do a comprehensive job in our minds. And you know, we were in the fortunate situation to then help them. This is something that we feel we are we are constantly learning every day right so we want if if practitioners other providers out there are listening to this we want you to do the same we want you because we can do better as as a whole so we want you to go continue to learn continue to better yourself because you can only help people as much as you help yourself right you need to be in a good place with your own health in order to help people with their health and if you're listening to this as a potential patient client or a current one advocate for yourself right if you if you are seeing a You know, doctor, it doesn't matter, doctor, physical therapist, anyone, even if, uh, you know, a a trainer, a personal trainer, make sure if they if you don't feel like they're asking enough questions or you feel like something might be playing a role in whatever you have going on and they don't address it, you bring it up. That's okay to do. You can absolutely do that. So just wanted to clarify
0: all that before we got into it. Yeah, because we don't want anybody to have hard feelings and, and it's not a personal attack at all. Um, we are all on the same side. So we just want to make sure that, you know, we're not stepping on anybody's toes, but give it a listen. So here uh, we got our first example of the day. Who's our first example of the day? Now?
1: Oh, our first example is Kaiser. Oh, Kaiser. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, we're actually not naming real names. This guy's not name is Kaiser. So this person's name is not Kaiser. That's the nickname we're going with. If you're not familiar with what a Kaiser is. It's a piece of exercise equipment, or a a company that makes exercise equipment. So anyway, Kaiser had a foot issue, a recurring foot issue, actually. Kaiser was dealing with recurring stress fractures in the metatarsal head, so the ball of the foot, essentially. And um, Kaiser had seen numerous practitioners, uh, podiatrists, MDs, all these specialists, and was given orthotic after orthotic, recommended certain quote-unquote stability shoes, all these things that they had done to try to help cushion that foot for Kaiser to take some load off those metatarsal heads. Kaiser was also a runner, so Kaiser kept running. It kept happening. Kaiser wasn't really having much pain with running, um, a little bit, but a lot of the pain was actually occurring at work. But no one ever really asked, aside from running. They just assumed it was running. So as we got to digging in, Kaiser was seeing me, and and I had. Kaiser bring the, the work shoe in and the work shoe go figure was a clog and had about a 35 millimeter drop from heel to toe. So if you imagine that, that's placing the heel up so high that now all this downward pressure, force of gravity is being placed on the, the ball of the foot, right? So normally if you're standing on the ground flat, you would have 50% of your weight on your heel, 50% on the front of your foot, right? So 50% on the back, 50% on the front. If you jam that heel up, well, now we've just placed a greater percentage on the front. Could be 75, 25. Could even be, you know, 90, 10. Who knows? But this issue was likely recurring because 8, 8, 10, 12 hours a day, this individual, Kaiser, was just hanging out on the ball of the foot all day. So we dug into that a little bit, recommended, a, you know, a different pair of shoes, ideally zero drop for work. And, you know, obviously those stress factors that we were dealing with in that time, had healed. And going forward, you know, less pain at work, less issues at work, was back to running um, pain-free, all that kind of stuff. Haven't seen any stress fractures since, crossing your fingers, hoping that they don't come back. We'll see. So we haven't heard yet, but good news so far, we're trending in the right direction. But nonetheless, big, big thing there is don't just assume something is caused by, you know, running because running gets a bad rap, running, you know, so many runners deal with injuries it's not always running it could be something else going on so we have to dig a little deeper get get into the weeds a little bit more with some people um depending on on what their activities are what their work is
0: all that kind of stuff nice i mean yeah speaking of of digging into the weeds i actually just saw this kid the other day we're going to call him rogue and if you guys aren't familiar what rogue is it's also exercise equipment <laughs> <laughs> um so i, I I actually had a different patient in mind for this, but I ended up picking this guy only because uh, I thought it would be great for this podcast, and it's fresh in my mind. So, this kid's 14 years old, and he's a big wrestler in high school. He's a sophomore in high school, or going to be a sophomore in high school. Um, he initially injured his uh, lower back when he was wrestling. He actually got slammed on the ground on his back, so he began having lower back pain probably over the last couple months, and. He, um, he was seeing PT, saw PT, I think like two or three visits. I think he said, he said, nothing really, really changed. And he said, he really gets most of his pain when he's squatting. And it's not like when he's always squatting, it's like after his seventh or eighth rep of the first set. So I sat down with him and I said, Hey, listen, you know, can you just describe to me? Cause I, I'd like to do this cause I'm, I'm curious. So I always ask and, you know, besides all my other evaluation questions, my My question is, what did that last PT do with you or what was your last PT experience like? Because I want to know. I want to know for two reasons. The first reason is I want to know what they did with you to see if we're kind of on the same page or to see what they did with you because that obviously didn't work. So I'm obviously not going to do that, Um, whether it be exercise or manual. You know, I'm, I'm interested in all of it. So he came back and he said, well, they actually just gave me a bunch of stretches um, so I said, okay, what did they give you for stretches? He said, well, mainly just my lower back. I said, so can you just show me what those stretches are? And if any of you guys are familiar with these stretches are, it's Williams Flexion Program. Um, it's basically every type of flexion exercise that you could do, knee to chest, all this other stuff, which is pretty much standard. It's par for the course, right? So I wasn't totally shocked to see that. Not Not to make this sound horrible, but, you know, I bet almost... I bet this therapist that whoever that he saw probably gives Williams flexion protocol to almost every single low back pain patient that walks to the door, whether they're 14 or 80 years old. And I mean, that's a harsh thing to say, but that's the truth and that's the reality. And that's just what it is. This kid's a 14 year old wrestler and he gets Williams flexion exercises when he clearly said, I have pain when I squat. Okay. That's the only time he has pain, first of all. So here's the red flag for me. It's a 14 year old wrestler wrestler has low back pain, but only when he squats. So what the fuck do you think I'm gonna look at? I'm probably gonna look at him squatting. So my next question- Get him in the rack. Get him in the rack, baby. So I said, yo, just let me know if they actually watched you squat. And he said, no, no, nope, they didn't watch me squat. They actually just assessed my mobility and just gave me stretches. And I said, well, wow, that's really great because the only time you have pain is during squats. So that makes a lot of fucking sense. So this is why it's so important that we need to bridge this gap between training and rehab, because how can we best help our patients and clients if we're not addressing the actual reason why they're coming to see you? So, you know, this doesn't mean that, you know, I didn't perform my normal evaluation. You know, I did dig. A little bit deeper there, um, so the big thing that we like to find out is is what's the root cause of the problem for something like this? And you know, low back pain is probably the most common thing that we tend to see. So let me just give you a little hint for all of you people that are listening, and if you're a provider or if you're a patient, if you have a patient or you are a patient with low back pain, odds are it's not the low back that caused your pain, and let me just explain that so. In the last episode or maybe the episode before that, I think I might have talked about the knee being a faller. or the low back is the same thing. So because the knee is in between your hip and your ankle, it does whatever the hip and the ankle say, just like what the low back does. The low back is in between your upper back and your hips. So who the hell do you think is going to tell that low back what to do? It's either going to be the hips or the upper back. And I looked at this kid's hips and they looked fine. His upper back was not great. Um, He was lacking a lot of extension mobility there, which when you think about it during a squat is pretty detrimental to the lower back because if he's not getting a lot of extension there during the the depth of the squat or during the eccentric phase as he's going down towards the ground, he's going to get a lot more trunk flexion and forward bend. So what's that going to do? That's going to place a lot more stress on his lower back. So that was the first thing that I noticed. Now, the second thing that I noticed because he gets pain when he squats and I'm looking at his squat, he's also got a limitation in his ankle mobility. I would say the the one thing that I noticed mostly is that he had a lack of dorsiflexion, which is basically your, your knees over your toes kind of thing when you're actually squatting down and your knees start to kind of creep forward um, and your ankle starts to flex forward. That's what we call dorsiflexion. Um, so those are the two things that I noticed. And, and of course I had him take his shoes off because that's what we do here. Nobody, nobody trains their shoes on here. So I had to see for myself what was going on there at the ankle and the foot come to find out not only is the upper back limited, but the ankles are also limited, which is also adding stress to his lower back. So to sum this up, when he went to PT, he was told he needed more low back flexibility when in actuality, he actually needed more ankle and thoracic spine mobility. Crazy, sad, disappointing. I know. But it's true. that's the reality of it. So I had him uh, you know, go through a, a whole routine of squats. you know, we we kind of modified his squats. We gave him some mobility exercises for his upper back and ankles. And don't you know it? He had no pain squatting when he left. So I gave him those exercises to leave. But the moral of the story here is if you're treating as a provider a site of pain, whether it be the knee, the hip, the ankle, whatever, because that's where the pain lies and you're only treating it for that reason, that's a bad reason to treat that. So I want you to dig a little bit deeper and find out why why is this kid having pain? What's the root cause of this problem? And for this kid, it was not his low back. So that's my example for Rogue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna have to take a break because that was cardio for Chad. Oh. So he's gonna he's gonna need a couple. Minutes. Oh my God. Heart rate is up now. <laughs> um no, but that I mean, that's a huge point. It's not to say that you shouldn't. Also, treat the area where there's pain. You might have to calm some of the pain down in that area, of but course. you should be looking elsewhere as, of course. as well. All right. Next one. We got TRX. All Ooh. right. If you don't know what a TRX is, um, get yourself one. They're a great <laughs> home tool uh, for exercise. <laughs> home suspension. Trainer. Yeah. Right. So, TRX um, came to me a few months ago. Um, she She had a fall on an outstretched arm, so actually fractured shoulder and elbow. And- Like I said, this was a few months ago and they were, the shoulder was slightly displaced, but not enough to where they wanted to go in and operate. The elbow was non-displaced, you know, just a a clean fracture. And both were, were, they wanted to handle conservatively. So she came to PT, you know, we started out nice and easy as things were still healing. And as weeks go by, she has follows up, follow up appointments and images show that it's it's not healing the way they want it to right so now these fractures aren't healing and the doctor that was treating the elbow happened to say that oh i don't want the physical therapist stretching the elbow because and her elbow is super stiff the reason was is because the elbow like leather so if you stretch it it's just going to return back to its normal position now i'm no leather expert but i'm pretty sure leather is the exact opposite mm-hmm. if you stretch leather out it doesn't return like an elastic.
0: Yeah, so that I was agree. that was very confusing to me. <laughs>
1: but nonetheless, um, we 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 dove deeper into you know the, this this patient's history, TRX's history, and come to find out, um, you know, TRX is a, a plant based eater, which that's a whole other topic for for a podcast. We'll get into that. That's not the point. But I definitely get in that when we got into. Her daily intake, I mean, I just approximated it it was anywhere, probably around 800 to 1,000 calories, which is not enough for, you know, functioning well. So her body's clearly not going to heal well if she's, she's malnourished like that, let alone her protein intake was probably very, very low. So in terms of the kind of building blocks for the body, the tissues of the body, she didn't have adequate pools, stores of them in the body at all. So... Her body was, has been struggling to heal from inside because of this this lack of nutrients. So now we started to kind of troubleshoot that. You know, talked more about that. Gave her some ideas for how to, if you know, if whatever you know, whatever her reasons are for being plant based. Okay, let's let's find some strategies to get more protein in and get more you know calories in. Really. So, like I said, that'll be another podcast. But needless to say. One, uh, the the leather thing was really confusing. But anyway, when a, when someone tells you if, if if it's been a few months, the fracture is struggling to heal, there's something else going on there. We have to dive deeper. We can't just say, "Oh yeah, your joints are just stiff. You just don't heal well." Well, let's 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 dig a little bit more. We can't just keep taking images of the the joints and then say, "All right, well let's operate," because now they want to operate and if this person's joint or bones aren't healing now and we go operate say they want to do a joint replacement on a shoulder because that that small displacement isn't healing well do we think that replacement's going to take very well if her f- bones don't heal well to begin with probably not that's probably not a very good surgical candidate and again this isn't to come at you know surgeons in particular this this is just saying we need to you know look at this comprehensively we need to look at the individual and, and not just this, you know, we can't have a myopic view on this injury and this situation. We have to say, okay, what what's your sleep habits? What's your nutrition? What's your, you know, your job, your stress-like, all that kind of stuff. So we got we to gotta dive deeper with, with everybody. We can't just do it just because it's this one person and they had this weird thing going on. No, you got to do it with everybody.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, it. this is going to be a common theme for sure that we're going to be seeing because we're going to be doing these, we're going to kind of sprinkle these episodes in, and you're going to see that the common theme is going to be um, either, it's going to be pretty much all providers just giving out information that's just, it's it's not only wrong, let's be honest, but it's it's damaging to patients. And we can kind of go down that whole rabbit hole of mindset, but you know we don't have time for that. But what we will say is like, this is something that we call pain science, right? Pain science, for all of you to know what that is, it's, when you say like, for example, like you're a doctor, you said, man, this is the worst knee I've ever seen. I can't tell you how many fucking times I've heard that or the worst hip I've ever seen. I'm like, man, that's so weird because the last person I just saw from that same doctor said the same thing about the last person I just saw. Did you see him before or after? I'm not really sure because, you know, we hear this all the time and, and I get it. Like, I'm sure it's some sort of a marketing you know, type of tool that they use or scarcity tactic or whatever you want to call it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's damaging to the patient. And the patient can, all they can think about now is, oh my God, Mike, that's the worst knee that the doctor's ever seen. This, this knees, I've got to be in more pain. Now, all of a sudden, they tell themselves they're in more pain or they tell themselves that something's wrong when really there probably isn't something wrong or something that the doctor said that it couldn't be fixed or PT won't work or whatever it may be. They have all of these ideas in their head now and this just really, really makes it harder for us as providers to help them kind of move forward because now they're just so brainwashed and, you know, just so kind of like stuck, you know, from from what from what they were told by either a friend or a doctor or whatever. It doesn't have to be a doctor; it could be anybody. And that kind of goes along with this next guy. And uh, this next guy, we'll call him it. And for all of you guys that don't know what Onnit is, Onnit's pretty sweet. Onnit's uh, also an equipment company. <laughs> But they make a lot of cool shit. Um, We got all their steel maces and kettlebells and all that cool stuff. But anyways, On It came to me um, uh, about a few months ago. This guy's in his early 70s and probably one of the nicest guys I ever met. He comes in, he's got the classic sciatica that you would typically see in somebody like this, right? Doctor said, hey, Why don't you just go to PT, strengthen up that back, you know, and see how it goes. You know, I think the kind of the doctor kind of made it sound like it was kind of be like, eh, just just do it, like kind of fluff them, whatever, you know. So he said, all right, I'll give that a go. And he was recommended to us by somebody else. So he's like, yeah, I heard great things about you guys. So I'm going to go check you out. So when I first met him, one of the first things that I asked him, I was like, yo, on it, what is your main goal? Like, what do you want to get out of this? And he said, you know what, Chad, all I want to do this summer is be able to get back to fishing. I'm like, well, that sounds like a pretty good goal. I said, all right. So I said, why can't you fish right now? He's like, man, I'm in just so much pain. I can't do it. I just can't. I can't swing the because he doesn't just do like regular fishing. He does like fly fishing. So I mean, I'm not a big fisher, but I've seen that on TV and <laughs> it looks pretty aggressive. So <laughs> there's a lot of whipping and rotation, whatever. So, um, so I saw him for about three visits and he was making some steady progress. Actually, the pain down his leg was pretty much gone. So we, we pretty much dissolved all of his sciatica, which was great it was centralizing up to his low back which means that that pain was actually making its way up which is actually a good sign which we had many conversations about um, and this is common and it's it's not everybody gets that but some people do so he had a little bit more discomfort in his lower back but that's okay he was he had no pain down his leg which he was psyched about so you know so we we did kind of push him a little bit more in that last visit that i saw him about that third visit or so because he wanted to get back to fishing So I'm like, all right, man, we got to try to make this as functional as possible. So we started throwing in some gentle rotational exercises in there, you know, some overhead stuff, just some easy strengthening, but stuff that we could make as authentic as possible to whatever fly fishing would be to him. So he happened to have an appointment with his doctor following that last PT appointment. And he came back and he said, you know what, Chad? He goes, I got bad news. I said, what's the bad news? He goes, my doctor wants me to put the PT on hold. And I said why, dude? You're doing so good. He goes, well, he told me, I told him what I was doing because he asked me. I told him I was doing some like rotation, this and that. And he goes, the doctor said you shouldn't do rotation. Actually, rotation's bad for you. And uh, you've got so much stenosis in that back. It's only going to make you worse. When in essence, it was actually helping him. And he just associated that low back pain because I don't know if the doctor didn't know what the situation was or what his signs or, or symptoms were before he actually saw him. But He kind of made it seem like the pain in his back was as a result of rotation, which is actually as a result of centralization of his low back pain, which was a good thing. So I kind of thought about that for a second. And I said, you know what, on it." I said, my response to you is going to be, all right, you want to get back to fishing. I said, how can you go back to fishing when you can't rotate? I mean, rotate's a pretty functional movement. It's actually something not only with fishing. It's something that we do all day like you just got out of your car and walked into my facility you had to rotate to do that like this is something that you have to do every day so i don't understand why he's saying this and he goes well you know what and he's very old school and this is a generational thing i know and he, i wasn't going to convince him otherwise so it was one of those things where he was just basically at the point where he was like you know what? i'm just going to go on hold i'm just going to see what happens and i said all right that's fine i said you know what i'm here when you're ready you know and he goes, well, we're we going to do rotation stuff when I get back. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> because yes, because that's would be doing you a disservice, my friend. So um, he goes, OK, well, maybe we'll just go a little later when I come back next time. I said, that's fine. I said, you call me when you're ready. So it's, it's very disappointing to hear stuff like that. Not only that, but it's, it's also makes me worried for him because I'm not sure that he's going to move much now at all. Now that the doctors kind of made him think that just movement in general is bad. We just got to sit on the couch and just live the rest of our life like that. That's, that's crazy, man. This guy's in his early 70s, still got a little bit of life left to live. I mean, he's got to, he's got to get out there. He's got to move. So I think w- with all that nonsense in his head, I-, I think I'm hoping he gets over it and I'm hoping he comes back. Uh, but, you know, that's just the stuff that we deal with on the day-to-day basis. I mean, it is what it is, but it's, it's common theme for sure, you know.
1: And I think that was a good point you made there about, um, the, the practitioner was s- maybe didn't know and was kind of searching for an answer and for any other providers listening doesn't matter what you are if you don't know don't n- make something up that just sounds good it's okay to say i don't know exactly um and if you are going to make something up don't make something up that crazy <laughs> like <laughs> or just, that's
0: wrong just don't yeah <laughs> just don't do this
1: like just make something up that's a little less intense right um but it's okay to say i don't know yes i you know patients consumers they're all seeking answers but you're doing them a disservice by giving them an answer that you actually don't know that is potentially wrong and the same situation you know is so it's okay to say i don't know i'm going to look into that you know now i'm going to go talk to my colleagues about this whatever your answer is you can make it you know so you're still working on behalf of the patient or the client but you know, don't just make something up in the moment because you want to save face and be like, oh, I have this big degree. I have to know this. No, you don't. No one knows everything. Right. And in, in today's world, there's so much going on. There's so much that can influence, um, you know, pain, all this kind of stuff. There, there's so many factors. So for someone to know everything is crazy. It's crazy. And yes, people want answers. But, you know, let's we'll give them the answers over time as we gain more information and are able to put together The appropriate answers
0: or more accurate answers. Maybe not the perfect answers, but more accurate answers. Yeah, I know. I feel like it's it's like there's that, uh, what would you call it? It's almost like that anxiety like that the patient has, you know, for you to be like, hey, listen, I want a diagnosis. I want to know what the hell's going on. You know, just tell me. Just tell me what it is, you know? And don't don't tell me fibromyalgia. (laughs) That's a that's a topic for a different podcast. (laughs) Shit, I didn't mean to do that. I just came out. All right. So, anyways, so that's four good examples. I think we'll, we'll stop at four. We'll kind of see how it goes. We'll see what you guys think. And, um, actually we got a, we got some stuff coming up though in the next episode. So what, what's, what we got brewing for the next episode, Nick?
1: Uh, we're going to start to get into a little bit of nutrition next episode. We're going to take a couple common thought processes about nutrition in our, our current state of health and, and debunk some of them, you know, whether it's, it's something that, we've been conditioned to think over the last couple of decades or it's just something that's that's become mainstream in, in, in recent years. We're going to maybe not fully debunk all of them, but we're going to, you know, Just, just give you, give you the other side, and and let you determine on, on, on your own what you feel is, is best.
0: Nice, yeah, that'll be a good one. And you know, maybe you, maybe we'll sprinkle some other stuff in there for you guys, maybe because you know everybody's always asking, yo, what do you guys take? What, what is, what's, what's the best supplement to take? Maybe we'll sprinkle that in there for you. But anyways, moral of the story here. So we, we hope that some of these stories connected with some of you guys. You know, whether you're a patient or a healthcare provider. I mean. These stories are crazy, but they're not only crazy, they're reckless, you know, and that's why we call this reckless in the rack. And, and it's reckless as, nobody nobody take this personally, it's reckless as a provider to be telling patients this type of garbage. And listen, if you're a healthcare provider and you're listening, we just ask that you don't be reckless with other people's health. Now, for all of you patients that are listening, you shouldn't put up with people who are reckless with yours. Thank you for joining us in the Rack this week. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. You can also find us online at proformptma.com or on social media at proformptma. PTMA. And remember, if you train inside the Rack, you better be thinking outside the Rack.